Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diamond Jubilee episode of Season 5 of Move Around Minute. We are at Minute 75 of the Daily Podcast, where we yippee our way through the Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off this week is Todd Levenow of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Great to be back for one more go at it here. That's right. That's right. So yesterday we, we ended things with uh, John getting ready to climb up a ladder. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens. How? What is he going to do? What's going to happen? How is he going to do this? I don't know. Do you know? Where's this ladder go? <laughs> it goes up. That's right. It's a ladder to heaven. A stairway. It's a stairway to heaven. <laughs> uh, no stairway to heaven. There's a sign That's on right. the wall. That's so, right. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. All right. So episode 75 begins with the runway grid access continuing to steam and ends with John about to be crushed by a very large wheel. So basically yesterday we, we, we ended things with John quite happy with himself because he has, you know, able to, he's found a way to navigate through all of the underground areas of the airport and has uh, shown up at the correct uh, access uh, hatchway that he wants to, you know, I, at least I hope he's in the right place. You know, he, he doesn't really know. Yeah, I don't think he completely knows. He didn't want to stop for directions. <laughs> no. So it's it's possible that he knows, but uh, it's also possible that, uh, you know, he's just going to end up in some other place. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, who knows? I mean, basically, there's no dialogue in, in this. There's There's one piece of dialogue in this entire minute. So it's mostly just going to be very descriptive of us talking about everything that 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 John tries to do, I guess you can say, uh, because, you know, so basically it starts off with, uh, you know, we see the steam coming out of the access grid again. And then John slowly starts climbing up this ladder rung by rung. And he gets all the way to the top and he tries to lift the grid up three different times with his back with uh, with no luck whatsoever. So then uh, he notices that there is a padlock on it. Why? <laughs> Why is there a padlock because, on it? Because people might steal it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm figuring this is some kind of an emergency access, something or other. And if it is, why would you lock it? <laughs> Because someone, kind of defeats the purpose. someone is going to be trying to steal their way into the into the airport. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, the that's the only explanation that we can really get. It's locked so that there's an excuse to shoot the lock. <laughs> that's true. Because that's just a movie trope that you have to have. You gotta shoot the lock. That's right. Which does that even work in real life? Ah, I we mean, will get I've there. We will get there, Todd. Ah. See, we got more Mythbusters going on here. I yes, we do. Okay. yes, we do. We shall get there. And then the shot changes and we see the plane coming in for a landing. Um, it's 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 actually really uh, it's done visually. It's amazing looking at the way that they 
they have this plane come come close by. And then, you know, John realizes that he has no way of getting out. So he pulls a gun from his belt and and then cocks the gun and then one shot and the lock is now broken. You know, so amazing completely. Now, when I think of a broken or a shot out lock, um, I'll tell you actually in a second what I think. What what do you think when that's the first thing you think of? When what's the first thing you think of when you think of a shot out, a lock that is or a padlock that is being shot by a gun by a bullet? I always just think that the bullet would either get embedded in the lock or it would bounce off it. Okay, are you are you by any chance a Stephen King fan of his novels? Not really, not really, no. Okay, so Stephen King has a uh, novella called Rage, which uh, was part of the uh, Bachman books. So it came out in 1970-something. And it's actually the... the, the um, it came out in 77. It was first published in 1977. And it's actually been banned. It's been pulled from the shelves because it's all about a a kid who goes into his school and, and takes his uh, class hostage. Okay. And one of the things that happens is one of the snipers shoots at him and hits his breast pocket where he happened to have his, um, uh, what's going to his padlock for his locker. And that actually saves his life. Okay. So for me, whenever I think of that, I think of, of whenever I think of, a lock being shot. I think of of that novel because, first of all, forgetting about the controversy and everything, I think it's just written amazingly, and you know, it, it really lets us get into the mind of the, of this kid, you know, who is doing it basically for attention. You know, that's more or less why why he's doing this. Whatever. We're not going to again. I'm not going to get into the whole controversy because I know that it, it is a a very uh, um, controversial subject the whole idea of, that we're dealing with there. But in the book, he mentions, you know, that it, he that it's like the commercials that he would see as a kid. So I actually looked it up and there was a commercial um, that they had at the, that they used during the 1974 Super Bowl where they have some, uh, it was an ad from a company that, that, uh, that was showing how uh, powerful their locks are, that you can shoot it and, Huh. And that the the lock will not uh, will not break. Hmm. Okay, because of this this uh, you know they, they got so much publicity for this. The annual sales from this uh, from this company jumped from thirty five million to two hundred million over a period of of twenty years because of the, the Super Bowl ad wow. that they that they had. It was from Master Lock, and it's just, ah, okay. it's just amazing. So, you know, I, I was actually curious as to what really happens and whether you can really, you know, do something like this. So um, I found actually a few sites where they, they talked about the fact of whether you actually could do it or not. So basically they say uh, that, uh, you know, people people were, were buying the locks just to be able to shoot them. They weren't just doing <laughs> Not surprising. Yes. <laughs> so the, the question is, is, you know, is it real or not? What, what do you think? Do you think it, think it would really work? I kind of have to think it doesn't work. Right. So apparently a, uh, the master lock 
was completely resistant to uh, smaller uh, caliber bullets, you know, either Winchester or Remington. But uh, you know, once once you get to, to larger bullets, the, there's there's no reason that that uh, it's not going to just uh, you know break open. So what John does here is is true. You know, the commercial itself showed that that they were shooting a 44 Magnum, but that was not real. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little bit a little bit of a problem. You know, John then quickly you know shoots the shoots the lock off and is able to pull off the pull off what's left of it and then uh you know he, he then tries to to continue lifting it and he's not able it's really really heavy so he does a really smart thing he lifts it up with his back and then sticks his arm out to hold on to to the grid you know you, his his arm theoretically should have been completely crushed at that point you know, because if he's having trouble lifting it with his back, his arm is not going to be able to to hold it up. But again, that's why fair. is it so heavy? <laughs> I mean, again, if it's supposed to be some kind of emergency access, whatever, I mean, you got to make it so people could actually use it. <laughs> but no, right. it's super heavy. <laughs> so again, his his crushed hand is outside of the 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 the, the grid, <laughs> and then we we see the plane land and did, did you notice that the plane doesn't land straight it actually swerves to the left as it's coming down um you know yeah. so you'd think that because uh -huh. it's coming at such a speed it will not stay on the runway but it, for some reason it still does they do a very nice job of that <laughs> and and then he's a scumbag but right. he's a heck of a pilot <laughs> And then the rest of this minute, okay, we have another 23 seconds of this minute, basically is a, a ping pong between showing John and showing the plane. You know, the plane keeps getting closer, and John is still struggling to get out. At some point, John screams, oh, shit, because he realizes that he really is in trouble. Um, I got to say, this is great editing, the way that they do it back and forth, to really raise the suspense feeling of, you know, this this uh you know the plane getting closer to john so they, they they do this really nicely you know you got to give them a lot of credit for that and uh you know i, I like the way that yeah. they do that so at the same time it's it's one of those scenes where it's like okay i get why it's done this way it's an action movie you need a moment like this but i'm thinking uh john climb back just you know a few rungs wait for the plane to go by and then jump That's right. <laughs> But come on, it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> but wouldn't be as no, fun. No, it wouldn't be. You can't can't actually make wise decisions. Well, well you can, come but on. Uh, you, you know, if you want to make money, you don't. <laughs> That's what it comes right, down to. Exactly. And, you know, the 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 final shot that we get at this minute is a shot from the view of basically the wheel of the plane looking towards John and getting closer to him. You know, and you see that it looks like John's about to be crushed. And people are going to have to come back on Monday to find out if John actually makes it through this ordeal or not. Now, this scene is notorious for the fact that, you know, the, the way that they edited this, there are six different locations that, it, that, that set up this entire minute. Okay. Um, so basically, they're... they're the first location when John is in the tunnel and climbing up the ladder was filmed in uh, Granada Hills, California. 
Then we get a close-up of Esperanza inside the plane, which was done, you know, in LA on a soundstage. Then we have the head-on view of the plane in the sky as it's on approach, and that was filmed in the Mojave Desert. Then we have the exterior shot of the grating door on the runway, which is uh, which was filmed in Alpena, Michigan, you know, in the upper upper peninsula. Um, and parts of that also uh-huh. were also from San Francisco, where you have the, the rear shot of the plane on approach with runway lights in the background. Then you have, as the plane is landing and is rushing towards the screen, that was filmed in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And then the, the background of John uh, it was, is, was from uh, Lake Tahoe. And then the final part of it, when when the plane is rushing towards John, as we see from behind the 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 wheel itself, was filmed in. All right, uh, Todd, let's see if you can guess where that that scene was filmed. <laughs> well, since you're leading me like that, I'm gonna guess Denver. <laughs> that is correct. The final shot was in Denver, Colorado. So yeah, that, I just found it really cool that that uh, you know that that you have this this shot that was done in in six different locations you know and all edited together to make it look like it's all taking place in the same same exact uh, location mm. i mean on the on the commentary so randy harlan mentions the fact that um th- that most of the shots of the plane are not real shots of a plane it's it's a uh, like a fake plane uh-huh. that uh, some of it's a miniature and things like that that uh, you know and the the, the wheel from what I understand, is just a wheel that is rolling toward that has a camera on oh, it. Oh, I'm sure. You know, to make it seem, you know. So this is yeah, the, I, I just thought that was really cool. The wheel shot is that kind of shot that, like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're trying to make little movies and stuff like that, you always wanted to do this kind of shot, where, where it's like the camera is behind the wheel of a car or whatever. Uh, but it's the kind of shot that you're going. If I try to do that and break the family camcorder, I'm gonna be murdered. So. Yeah, yes. can't do that. Yeah, that's a little bit of a problem. All right, so Todd, do you have anything else for this minute before we uh, get into the script? No, I don't think so. Okay, so the script is very, very descriptive here. Um, so it starts off by saying, you know, we ended yesterday by saying that John was flying up the ladder and bruises his shoulder against the locked grid. McLean screams, Shit. the plane begins to drop. Stewart and his soldiers are in a jeep on the airfield, their breath clouding inside the still-cooled jeep as it bounces along. Garber shines a flashlight into the falling snow, illuminating a snow-covered runway number number sign, 8 West. The military plane roars overhead. In the tunnel, blam, blam, a plane shoots off the lock apparatus of the grid. A ricochet pings off one of the grid's hydraulic hinges, and McLean winces as metal splinters sail by. Then he begins to muscle the heavy grid upwards. Up above, a field of snow and ice, but now a black rectangle emerges from it. It's the tunnel grid, snow falling through it. The damn thing must weigh over 300 pounds. McLean gets his head and shoulders up and out and looks out at a plane half a mile away, about to hit the runway. McLean pushes upwards, grunts when he shifts his grip from... His skin rips on the cold metal. With a grimace, he pushes his rifle out, starts to follow. The damaged hydraulic hinge suddenly snaps with a squish of thick fluid. The 300-pound grid thuds down on McLean's back. He groans, stunned. The plane screeches down the runway. 
McLean Day's trapped. He looks up and sees the plane a quarter of a mile away, coming right towards him. McLean struggles, still pinned to the runway like a bug in the Natural History Museum. Now we hear the roar <laughs> of the jet engine. The plane is now an eighth of a mile away. McLean's feet still in the tunnel. They grope for leverage on the steps and slip. Now they kick away at air. McLean and the plane in one shot. It's coming, coming, coming. Desperate, McLean sees that the part of the rifle is half under the grid. Now he puts all his energy into levering the rifle against the steel. Slowly, slowly, sweat breaking out of his forehead. He levers the rifle higher and higher. The rifle in turn levering the grid upward an inch at a time. Finally, it's high enough for him to jam the rifle's bayonet ring into the grid while the cheek, while the cheek notch of the stock perches precariously on the lip of the hole. And the plane is right f there. <laughs> And that's how this minute will end. <laughs> well, that actually explains a few things because it talks about a hydraulic lift uh, for mm -hmm. the, the door that gets disabled because of the ricochet of the bullet. Um, so that kind of answers one of my questions from earlier as to why the thing is so heavy. Uh, it apparently wasn't meant for someone to, you know, open it like a door or a hatch. <laughs> it has a hydraulic <laughs> lift. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's John for you. <laughs> Always doing things the hard way. Yep. You know, never, wrong never trying to find that. That's right. Story of my life. Yep. All right. So, Todd, do you have anything else you want to say about the, the movie in general? Uh, you know, any of the other scenes? Something that oh, happens well, in the movie. I mean, it's a it's a fun movie. I it's it uh, it's a great example of you know a sequel just taking the formula that worked. And upping things a bit, getting crazier with a few things. I mean, like the the moment that always jumps out for me in this one is the one that's still uh, on the way here with the uh, the ejector seat. Uh, I love the ejector seat moment in this. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great entry in the series. Um, I. I uh, I do like one and three better than two, but uh, two is still a heck of a lot of fun. So it was great to revisit it here. All right. Very cool. All right. So every Friday we have a segment called where are they up to this weekend, which I'm assuming Todd has been curious as to what this is. Yeah. And, yeah. Mystery. That's right. So basically the, the, the idea behind this is, is that most of the people who are on my show are fans of movies. And some of them have, have their own podcasts about, uh, you know, minute by minute uh, movie podcasts about uh, certain movies. And some of them are just movie fans in general. So what I decided to do was to test my guests' uh, memory to see, you know, what they remember about some of their favorite movies. So because Todd, oh, wow. So I asked Todd <laughs> to give me a list of his three favorite movies. And now we're going to see if Todd can remember uh, what is going on in any of these movies at the 75-minute mark? Okay, we've just hit the 75-minute mark. Oh, no. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we'll start with the easy ones. So, uh, Todd, uh, in The Wizard of Oz, what is going on at the 75-minute mark? Oh, boy. Okay, 75 minutes into The Wizard of Oz. Oh, I'm going to guess that we are visiting the wizard for the first time. They're at the Emerald City. They've all been tidied up. You know, there's the whole 
you know, da 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 in the merry old land of Oz. That whole song, and now we're we're looking at the the big flaming veiny skull of the wizard. Ah, uh, nope, nope. They're they're right now uh, trying to 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 capture the 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 witch. Oh, so we've moved along a little further here. Yes. So is this the happened. point where they're they're disguised as the Winkies, and the Scarecrow is carrying a gun? That's yes. People the Scarecrow like, is the Scarecrow has a, a gun. Yeah. The Scarecrow yeah. has a gun, and and the the Cowardly Lion has a net. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that is what's happening, and they, they it says the to the forest castle one mile. Yeah. Mm. Yes, that's the Wizard of Oz. Okay, so next we shall go to Doctor Strangelove. What is happening? Uh, this is the this one's really hard. Doctor Strangelove at seventy five minutes. Let me just say, ooh, how about? Mm, I really have no idea, so I'm just going to guess the there. It's one of the phone calls in the war room between Peter Sellers and the Russian premier. No, you're close though. It's it's the phone call between Peter Sellers and the pilot of the plane. Oh, okay, all right. Yes, uh, President. Can't what, fight in here. This is the war room. That's right. What's the president's name again? President uh, Merkin Muffley, I think, is his name. Mm. Which, if you don't know what a Merkin is, look it up. <laughs> Not appropriate. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we will go to uh, a movie that we've we visited uh, more than once on on this podcast in this segment over the period of of this entire uh, season. So I'm not surprised that we've come across it again. So uh, we are once again uh, at uh, the Empire Strikes Back. What is going on yes. in the Empire Strikes Back at the 75 minute mark? Um, let's see. How about? Uh, Luke is in Yoda's hut. No. No. So in the 75-minute mark, it is where the Millennium Falcon is hiding on the side of the Star Destroyer. Oh, okay. Uh, right before the garbage. They're about to dump their They're garbage. About to just dump their garbage. Yep. And then the scene after that uh, will be with uh, you know Luke doing a handstand. Uh, you know, yes. Trying to use the force. I saw City in the Clouds. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, that's where we are there. All right. Um, thank you for playing, Todd. Cool. <laughs> no, that was challenging. I mean, you know, trying to just think in terms of how far into a movie these key scenes happen. Yeah. That's right. Cool. Well, that's the whole point here, just to see, you know, I, and and in this, I mean, you didn't know why, but but you got to actually choose your venue. You know, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't that I was surprising you about. It. I wasn't saying, okay, tell me what was happening in plane trains and automobiles at this point. No, it's movies that you've chosen. <laughs> I, it's yep. gonna be fun. Oh, it's gonna cool. be fun when I get later in the movie and people might choose movies that are not as long as Die Hard 2. and then the answer will be the movie ended <laughs> ten minutes ago. You know, something like that. <laughs> So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, the, the the credit for the credit for Foley artist was going by. Yeah, that's right. It could be. Again, it 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 very well could happen 
towards the end of this. I mean, again, we have this movie has uh, you know 124 minutes in it, and there there I'm assuming that there will be people who will choose their favorite movies that have less minutes than that. So you know, it'll be fun when we get there. Mm-hmm. We're 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 still only at 75. We have we have time to go. You know, we we haven't. Yep. We have almost another 50 minutes to go. You know, so another 10 to 12 guests to 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 give their viewpoints on uh, you know where their favorite movies are up to this weekend. All right. All right. Great. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm very cool. Thank you for playing Todd. <laughs> All right. So Todd, do you want to, for one final time this season, let people know where they can find the forgotten film cast if they've forgotten it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on again. Uh, always a pleasure. The, uh, the, podcast is called the forgotten film cast you can find that wherever you find your podcast the blog is called forgotten films it's at forgottenfilmcast.wordpress.com and then of course follow me on twitter at forgotten films films with a z all right and while you're doing that you can go rate review and subscribe many podcasts you might be using to listen to the show finding me is very simple just do a quick search for movie rob minute you can find me on my website moviebrobminute.com you can find me on facebook and you can find me on Twitter. Todd, thank you very much for joining me. I, I had a lot of fun this week. I hope you did too. Uh, we we got to talk Absolutely. about a lot of pop thank culture you. that that uh, you know isn't directly related to to Die Hard, but uh, you know still was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, it's always fun talking. No, no, about... it's all connected. It's like the MCU. It's all connected. That's right. Well, it is, especially especially eighties movies to people like us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's always some memory that reminds us of oh. I remember when I saw that movie in 1980, whatever, you know, and stuff like that. So, yes, mm-hmm. I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But uh, until then, have a great weekend, everybody, and yippee yippee If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and